Good morning. I want to unpack the reading that you've just heard. But first, I want to thank you for this amazing sound that, that comes through you. <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't tire yourselves off because I want applause later, but <laughs> you are so blessed to have this community. Of course, you don't have the community, you are the community, and it only exists because of you. So don't imagine you own it. Don't complain too much to them. <laughs> right? You see something needs to be improved, improve it. But the work of this community is a very deep and trans spiritually transformative work. And the text that we just heard from the Gospel according to John really speaks to what that work is. But I think to understand it, we have to back up a little bit and see a prior verse, verse 6, which I'm going to unpack for you, and I'm going to do it as a Jew, because that's what I am. I can't do it as a Christian because I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I know Jesus as my cousin. I know Jesus as my rabbi. We're in the same business, Jesus and I. His father thought he was doing a good job. My father thought I should go into business. <laughs> you know, with him, <laughs> Jesus went into his father's business. I ended up going into Jesus' business, which is not the same thing. But what I want to do is I want to help you hear this the way Jesus' audience would have heard this. Because Jesus wasn't speaking to UCC people. Right? He wasn't speaking to Christians because there weren't any yet. He was speaking to Jews primarily. And he wasn't speaking to white people because there weren't any. There's no white people in the Bible. Everyone is black and brown and olive skinned. So he's talking to a different community than ours, but the message is universal. But you miss the message, I think, if you hear it as a worshiper of Jesus as opposed to a member of Jesus' tribe. So I want, to, I want you to hear it the way Jews would hear it. So in verse 6, Jesus says, talking to God, Jesus says, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. I want to talk about the concept, your name. I have made, made your name known. What's the name that Jesus made known. It's not the name God, because that's from the German, and there was no German yet. The name that Jesus knew, the name that he makes known, is the name that is made known to Jews through the Torah, through the five books of Moses. Moses has this encounter with God at the burning bush, and God says to Moses, go back to Egypt, because Moses ran away from Egypt. Now go back to Egypt and liberate the people there. Now when we read that, we think of the nation of Egypt, the country of Egypt. We think in terms of geography, that God is sending Moses back to a specific place. And that's the way the story makes it appear, and there's no story without it. But the deeper spiritual message of that passage is lost on us unless we know the Hebrew, because it's a pun. Egypt in Hebrew is Mitzrayim. Literally, it means mi from tsarim, the narrow places of your life. 
God is sending Moses to Mitzrayim, to the narrow places of our lives, to liberate us from the narrow places. That's the work of the divine, is to free us from the constrictions, to free us from the enslavements, to free us from our alienation from one another and from nature, and to reveal to us the greater wholeness of which we are a part. And as David said, you know, quoting, quoting Paul from the book of Acts, where Paul defines God as that in whom we live and move and have our being. You've probably read that so many times. It just goes sort of like the way Peppermint Patty or the, the other peanuts kids in school would hear the teacher. They weren't paying attention. God is that in whom we live and move and have our being. But listen to what Paul is saying. Paul is another Pharisee. Paul's another rabbi, just like me. And Paul says that God is, and he's quoting actually a Greek poet, but Paul says, God is that in whom we live, right? So we live in this, in this reality. That's the divine in whom we live and move. And then most importantly, have our being. We are that. In Hinduism, in Sanskrit, you say tat tvam asi. You are that. You are the divine. And the whole work of Hinduism is to have you realize you are the divine. And the whole work of mysticism in every tradition, including Judaism, is to realize you are the divine. And what Jesus is revealing in this passage from the Gospel of John is that you are divine. You are an expression, a manifesting, an affirmation of God. That's what he's saying. The name that Jesus is making known is the name revealed to Moses. The first name, two weren't revealed, but the first name, Ehiyah, I am, is what we say in English. That's terrible. There is no good translation for Ehiyah. Ehiyah, first of all, is not a name. It's not a pronoun. It's a verb. It's the first person singular form of the Hebrew verb to be. God is saying, I am the being of all being. Ehia asher ehia. I am the unending eyeing of everything that exists. When you look to the people to your right or left, front or back, you're seeing the divine, the eyeing of God, and eyeing in unique and precious ways. Right? God doesn't eye the same way twice. Like an ocean with all of its waves, each wave is unique and distinct, but every wave is still the ocean. You are a wave of the divine. That's what it means when we understand God is that in whom we live and move and have our being. You are a manifesting of God. That's your truest nature. You may have a name, you may have a gender, you may have a whole story, you may have a religion, a politics, all the things that define you. But if you took all those things away, what you would be left with is the ehia, the eyeing, the dynamic eyeing of God. So God reveals that name to Moses and says, tell the people Ehiya sent you. And then God says, wait, 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 wait. that's not going to work because no one's going to understand that. Proof is I'm looking at you and you're going, what? So that's a hard one to understand. So he says, here's another way to do it. Give them the name yud Hey vav Hey Y-H-V-H, which they can't pronounce. That's very helpful. <laughs> at least Ehiya you can say. You can't even say the other name. But tell them that, that'll help. 
So there's a short form for, for the yud heh vav heh, and we've, we sang it several times already this morning. When you say alleluia, it means, it's Hebrew, it's hallelu, praise, yah, God. Yah is a short form for the unpronounceable yud heh vav heh, y-h-v-h. So God says, tell them yah sent you. And that's the name that most of us use in the Jewish tradition. But the, the deeper name, the more powerful name, the transformative name, the name that saves, and I'll explain that in a second, and the name that Jesus says protects is the Ehia, the I am. So Jesus says, he says, Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me. Protect them in your name that you have given me. What's the name? The name is Ehiyah. What does Ehiyah protect us from? It protects us from the delusion of alienation. 1950s New York Times published an article, a letter actually by Albert Einstein, where Einstein talks about what he calls the optical delusion of consciousness that plagues humanity. It is the original, I wouldn't say sin, but it's the original brokenness of humanity. And it has to do with our biology. It has to do with the way our eyes are set in our heads. Because of the way the eyes are set in your head, we see things as other. So I see you out there. And I place myself over here. We're not simply different in the sense of unique and, and distinct, but we are separate. You are other than me. So I'm all by myself, and no one likes to be all by themselves. So I'm going to band together with other people who are still other, but now we'll be a, a group, we'll be a club, we'll be a tribe, we'll be a synagogue, we'll be a church, we'll be a nation, we'll be an army, we'll be whatever we're going to be. And then there's other people that we will then deal with. But in, the, in reality, there is no other. Whether you're talking about people or you're talking about animals or nature as a whole, there's no other. It's one living, holy, divine system of which you and I are a part. But because of the way our eyes are set in our heads, we see it as a system of which or from which we are a part. One word, right? We're not a part of, we're a part from. But the reality is we are a part of. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this passage. The name protects us from the ignorance of this delusion of consciousness. When you know who you are, your true self, you are freed from the narrow places that are caused by this delusion. So let me just be very clear as to what I have in mind here keeping an eye on the clock, because I know we have, what, the fourth service to go to? No. <laughs> I'm going to be doing this at Arby's later, I think. Just... <laughs> so, I was once in Huntsville, Alabama, giving a talk on the nature of God, and I talked about God as the big S self meaning capital S self. We refer to ourselves in the lowercase self, you know, myself, and God is the capital S self. So I was doing this and every, I thought everything was going well and then there was a, a person in the audience who, who had a question and she said, are you saying that God is a, is a big S self? And I said, yeah, God is the big S 
you know, self. And she said it a couple of times, and I repeated it a couple of times. The next day, in the Huntsville newspaper, headline, Rabbi says God is a big-ass self. <laughs> so I guess I want to be clear, I'm not saying that. God is the whole of which you and I are a part, the big S self. And what the name reveals when you understand the name is that you are that. Tatvam Asi in Sanskrit, you are that, you are the divine. Jesus knows this and he says, I and the Father are one. But then he goes on to say in the text that you're supposed to be able to say the same thing. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, us, so that they, we, may be one, as we, Jesus and God, are one. Jesus says you can be one with God and Jesus the way Jesus is one with God. It's not a metaphor, it's simply reality. All we have to do is realize it. I in them and you in me that they may become completely one. It's not mincing words, it's, it's, you can't misunderstand this. You can ignore it, but you, once you look at it, you can't avoid what he's saying. That they, meaning us, may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as I have loved, even as you have loved me. I mean, this is phenomenal. This is the, the way you know a Christian. This is the way you know Jesus' authenticity as what I would call a God-intoxicated Jewish mystic. It's this unity. He says, I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world will know that you sent me. The proof of my mission, he's saying, is that I have brought them to Ehia not as an ideal of God is, ex uh, is external, but brought them to this complete unity with all reality, which is all God. That's the job, the spiritual work of the Christian, is not simply to follow Jesus as other, but to follow Jesus into the realization that I and the Father are one. That's how that's the sign that he is truly the prophet that we, we claim him to be. So what happens when you have that experience? Your whole life changes. The way you engage with people changes. I'll explain that briefly and then we'll bring this to a close. There was a a uh, Jewish philosopher, mid-20th century French uh, philosopher named Emmanuel Levinas. Levinas fought in the French resistance against the Nazis. He was, a, he was captured. He was in a concentration camp. And when he came out, he, he became this philosopher. And he has this philosophy called, in English, the philosophy of the face. And his argument is, but I would say his experience really shows, that if you can truly see the face of another being, you can do them no harm. 
The key is not to have some philosophical awareness. The key is to truly see the face of another being. Now, to truly see the face, the big S face, is to see the divine in that face, as that face. If you can see the divine in the face of another, you realize there is no other, and you can't do any harm. Now, he's talking just about humans. His contemporary, Martin Buber, another Jewish philosopher, this time from Germany, he says the face you're seeing is not limited to going through a human face. You can do this when you see the face of an animal. He says you can do it when you look in the face, quote, of a tree. When you truly see the face, you can do no harm. We do everything in our power not to see the other's face. Because when we do, there's a transformation that many of us don't want to have. I don't want to be one. I don't want to be a part of, I want to be apart from. That's, that makes me special. But the real specialness is your own divinity, to realize you are this manifesting of God. I was once, I have a podcast. I work for Spirituality and Health magazine. And the magazine has a podcast. And I, I, I write the Spiritual Ann Landers column. So if you, if you want to send me generic questions about spirituality, you can send them to Rabbi Rami at Gmail, and I will submit them to the magazine, and maybe you'll get in the magazine. You'll never recognize your question because we change everything around so that to protect the innocent and the guilty. But uh, I also do their podcasts, and I was having an interview with Matthew Ricard. It's another person you might want to bring. Have you ever had him here? No? So, so Matthew Ricard is a French Tibetan Buddhist and very close friend of His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama. And Matthew Ricard has written a lot of books on, on Tibetan Buddhism and one of his books is about compassion toward animals. And we're having this conversation and I said, I get it, I don't eat meat, I, I do eat fish, um, so I, I, you know, cows love me, fish hate me. But, uh, but I get it, you know, if an animal has a face and I, I, can't, I can't hurt it, you look at, a, at the face of a cat or a dog or a horse or whatever it is, a cow, you just, there's a relationship that happens if you truly see the other's face. But I said, what about ants? And I brought up ants because I was having an ant problem in my bathroom. And I was solving that problem using, you know, my right pointer finger going, <laughs> just killing them. And I said, well, what about ants? And he said, look, when you go to kill an ant, the ant doesn't just stand there and go, okay. The ant, like, tries to run away. He says, the ant is conscious. It's sentient. It has a being. Now, he wouldn't use the word God. He would use the word maybe Dharmakaya, but it's the same idea. It's an expression of this one thing, which is the only thing. And if you can see that in the ant and recognize that this is a sentient being, you can't go around slaughtering them. Turns out he's right. I went and tried because they're annoying, but I couldn't do it. So now I scoop them up and I throw them outside, you know? I mean, sometimes I don't scoop them up well and I decapitate them, but that's an accident. <laughs> but the idea was right. When you see the other's face, you see the face of God. So I'm going to do an experiment. This is, I'm going to wrap this up. And there's a, a, a 
practice that, that um, you do in, in Jewish mystical stuff, that where you turn and you, you look at another's face, people in, you know, to your right side, left side, front or back, you know, do this with multiple people, gently tap them on the forehead. No scarring, no, this is not an opportunity for you. Oh, I have been waiting to do this for a long time. That's not what we're talking about. It's just a tap to get their attention. And so you tap them on the forehead and you say, in your face, I see God. And they do that back to you. In your face, I see God. So, you know, find someone to, with whom to do it or some ones, don't leave anybody out. If you have to get up and walk across the aisle, this isn't the Congress of the United States, you can do that. Tap them and say, in your face, I see God. You're not gonna do it, I'm gonna come in over and do it. Here, I will come and do it with you. In your face, I see God. In your face, I see God. Thank you. Now that was practice. You want to be able to do that when you actually see the people when you're leaving, right? Or when you're coming to church, you go, oh no, not this person again. No, see their face and say, wait, this is God. I'm meeting God in this unique form. Because when you know the other is God, you know that you're God also. It, it both will happen together. And this is what Jesus is saying. This is how we protect ourselves from the madness of alienation. This is the gift that all mystics bring. But in this context of John's gospel, this is the, the gift that Jesus brings to all of us if we have the ears to hear. So I'm going to bring this to a close by inviting you to participate in uh, a, a version of the priestly blessing. So we're going to bless one another. And it still has the, the face theme. The way you do this, if you can do it, is you make the Vulcan sign of live long and prosper. And then you do it with both hands, because this is the Jewish sign of blessing. So you, you make the sign of blessing, and then you turn to, it's like a, uh, the space coming down sort of funnels the divine energy through your hands, and then you're sending it out through the triangle in the center. And it's, it's broadcast, it's not just to one person. So if you can stand, uh, you, you can do it standing, but if you feel better sitting, you do it sitting. But face the, the group here, and, and you'll send that energy out. And then I will, yeah, why don't you guys go up there and <laughs> bless the congregation. I'll do the Hebrew, and then I'll feed you the English, and you can repeat the English after me. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha. May truth and wisdom bless and protect you. So send that out to the community. May truth and wisdom bless and protect you. May you know the divine face as your face. May you know the divine face as your face and be a beacon of grace. And be a beacon of grace. May you know the divine face as every face. May you know the divine face as every face and bring peace to all you meet. And bring peace to all you meet. Amen. So you may be seated and I'm going to be seated. But again, I just want to thank you for bringing me out. This was such, such a blessing for me. And thank you all for giving me your attention.
habitués. Okay, I'll give you another sermon. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs>